A new year and the same confession of faith. How about that? <laughs> Just repeat after me if you've got your Bibles. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I believe God's word. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same after hearing God's word. I am being transformed by the ever-living, uncompromising, never-changing, ever-powerful word of God. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody believing, everybody serving, everybody giving. Amen. 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 We are going to uh, launch from 1 Peter chapter 3. Help us, Father. We need you. 1 Peter chapter number 3. And we'll start at verse 13. Just before I, I read the text, um, just want to give you a little bit of background just to set this up a bit. Um, the Apostle Peter, um, he's really encouraging believers to be different than the world. And so I, I want to take that spirit and maybe uh, articulate that to you as well. And here we are in 2022. I believe this word is just as valid now. And so I want to encourage you to be different than the world. We as Christians are supposed to be a counter culture. That means we shouldn't be going with the flow. Amen. The world, listen, the world is going to hell. Can I say that in church? The world is going and you don't want to go where the world is going. And our job is to keep as many people out of hell as possible. Now, we know God is responsible for the saving. We get that. But um, I think Peter is saying, listen, uh, I want to encourage you to be different than worldly people, if, if you will. So he tells them, here, here it is now, he tells them to love one another. He tells them to have compassion on one another. And then he tells them to generally just do good versus evil. And this is the Keith O'Neill version. Act like you got some sense. <laughs> and so he reminds them, and of course he's reminding us as well, um, that God sees everything and is against those that do evil. I just recently got a revelation as it relates to, uh, and of course I've read this hundreds of times, God resists the proud. Ooh, listen, if God is resisting you, you are resisted. And so you don't, you don't want that, all right? And so uh, this encouragement today is to do good in the face of evil and to be able to explain why and for whom you are willing to sacrifice in this way. So this is, this is kind of the backdrop of what Peter is getting um, to the saints during his epistle, epistle here. So I'm going to read verses 13 through 16 of the text. This is the New King James Version. You can follow along. And he who is, and who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed. So if you're suffering for doing right, you're blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good con conduct in Christ may be ashamed. We need your help, God, in Jesus' name. So far, the text. You can have your seats if you have to. Amen. 
So I don't, I don't have any fancy rhyming <laughs> title today. And I know we've gotten used to that, you know, if, if you look online or if you uh, see a lot of pastors have a clever saying or something like that. Uh, I don't have really one of those today. Um, what God has been dealing with me about as it relates to where we're going and the trajectory of the church, if you will, the, the worldwide church as well as destiny here, um, is a theme that I feel really strong about for 2022, and that is defending the faith. Can you say that with me? Defending the faith. And so it's not really optional. It's something that we are called to do. So today, uh, I want to preach from the subject, it's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. And what I'm talking about, of course, I left it open-ended in the title, but really the inference is our faith, our Christian faith, what we believe is worth fighting for. So Destiny 2.0 presents a commitment to defending the faith, listen, and living it out. So as we defend the faith, if you will, it's not just the ability to articulate the tenets of the Christian faith. It's living what you're saying. One of the issues that we have in our nation and certainly around the world nowadays is there are lots of people that are saying things, but they aren't living what they say. So we must know what we believe, listen, and why we believe it. Must be a conviction powerful enough to give a reason to others. And the others, if you will, are not passive, neutral people. The others that we're talking about are hostile revilers who talk against the Christian faith. And they are agents, listen now, promoting the absurdity of Christianity. Times have changed in America. Christianity is not something that is championed in every arena, if you will. In fact, it seems to be fought in every place. And, you know, being on the school board, hearing various things, it seems as though it's easier to be a Satanist than to be a Christian. People who believe all kind of craziness are embraced more so than those who say they believe in Jesus the Christ. Verse 15, I'm going to say it again, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always, everybody say always, always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And this verse points to a, dis a discipline in the Christian faith, you've heard this before, called apologetics. It's kind of a big word, but basically apologetics means to give a response or to give an answer. So for all of us in the room, all of you who are watching online, if you consider yourself to be a Christian, we're going to have to step it up. We, 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 can't, we can't convince anybody or convict anybody, so to speak. We cannot uh, persuade anybody, pro, uh, per se, by just uh, saying, I believe in this God somewhere. You've got to be able to give a reason or a defense for why you believe what you believe. Peter's command from God is to always be ready to defend the faith. And the inference there is that it's worth fighting for. Considering what's at stake. Oftentimes, the enemy of our souls 
gets in concert or in covenant with our flesh to try to make us forget the stakes that are before us. While I am alive and have a reasonable portion of health and strength and sort of in my right mind, <laughs> I don't always think about the eternal consequences of this journey through life. But it would behoove us to always be aware that eternity is at stake. Knowing why you believe in Jesus versus an emotional peripheral belief is vital in these last days. It's great. You know, I love to worship. I love to jump. I love to shout and dance in church. I love to see others do the same thing. I love all of that. But when all the music stops and we are not gathered together as one sanctuary, one congregation in the sanctuary, we're not all together with those uh, that are online, that we are a part of one like precious faith. When that all stops and you are by yourself, you better know why you believe what you believe. I've seen so many people that seem to have this thing embedded down in their heart. And when temptation comes and when the gainsayers start uh, uh, just shouting all kinds of things, they lose their faith. Remember now, the devils believe, but they can't exercise their faith. Because faith is founded in truth. So it takes more than just this peripheral belief system. It takes more than, oh, well, are you saying, well, I believe in a higher power. That's not going to get you to heaven. It's not going to get you there. If faith is worth fighting for, then it's worth, listen now, it's worth intense study, contemplation, and effort. What I'm trying to say here, it's worth being inconvenienced every now and then. It's worth putting in work. You know, now that I've matriculated through all kinds of levels of school, <laughs> And, of course, I, I watched my father uh, get a, his earned doctorate, EDD, if you will, from Ball State University. I know what it took to do that. Back in his day, you know, you had literally quit work for a year uh, to finish your doctorate at that time. And now that I've, uh, I've seen all of those things and now that I've been a part of uh, the educational process at that level, it gets on my last nerve to have people who have who barely got out of high school claiming to be doctor. You send in $250 to some place and they give you they ship you a doctor certificate. The devil is alive. How'd you like a surgeon to work on you with one of them? <laughs> Well, what's the, what's the inference? The inference is people want the so-called benefit without putting in the work. And I'm here to let you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. I get that. But faith without works is dead. We got to put in some work. We got to put in some effort. If you want to be deep in God, if you want God to rain down blessings, if you want to walk where your shadow heals people, if you want to be anointed of the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to get in God's face. You're going to have to put in work. It's worth fighting for. So the remainder of my time, I want to talk about four things, and it's not going to be long at all. Uh, four things. I want to talk about proof, persuasion, doubt, and unbelief. 
I want to put all of this together. It's been amazing, my little journey this week, as I've had really more time because the offices have been closed and I've been coming in every now and then uh, to do different things uh, while I'm here. But uh, God has really, really been pouring in some revelation. I am so appreciative of God because just when you think you got a, a little sense and got a little revelation, I've studied God's word for so long, and, and you know, God just drops it on you just so easy. It's like, dang, how come I never saw that before? Maybe I'm the only one that that happens to. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, it has been a great week of revelation. And it really has helped me in one particular area, which I'm going to articulate here in just a minute. All right, so here it is. Proof is different than persuasion. Let's say that together. Proof is different than persuasion. Boy, that has been life-changing for me. Because my personality type as a thinker, it has deceived me into thinking that I can talk folks into anything. Even if I'm right. I'm going to make my point here in, a, in just a minute. And so I, have, I was deceived into thinking that. And so... As I was studying for this message, the revelation came and it just, it has set me free. Ain't you glad you got a, a free pastor? Yeah. Hallelujah. It has set me free. But proof is different than persuasion. Listen, here it is. You can have undeniable proof of a truth, but fail to persuade the unpersuadable. I sound kind of deep, don't it? Come on here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can have undeniable proof, but you won't be able to persuade those that refuse to be persuaded. People can literally refuse to acquiesce to the obvious truth that is logically being presented. Now, Romans 1 is one of the reasons why I don't believe in atheists. Amen. I don't believe in them. In other words, if you claim to be one, you are lying. Can you hear? Come on, look at me. Come on, camera. Can you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? If you claim to not believe in God, you are lying. May God be true and every man a liar. Hear the word of the Lord, Romans chapter 1. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Are y'all tracking with me? It doesn't say they don't know the truth. It says they suppress it. We put it in a position where we feel like we are not subject to the truth that we know. Verse 19, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Come on now, y'all seen the Ten Commandments on TV? They had Dagon up there. That, how, how you gonna worship a God you just made? Now, is the Bible true or not? He said, listen, instead of worshiping the true and living God, you make up stuff. So, here's the result. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. 
As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worship and serve the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Now here's what I think. I believe this is the foundation of unbelief. And unbelief, listen now, unbelief is different than doubt. Unbelief is the refusal to accept the answered questions as truth, listen, mostly because of rebellion and pride. Unbelief is different than doubt. All of us have doubts. I've been serving God 39 years and I've had my share of doubts. I got some doubts this week. I lost a great friend yesterday to COVID. Lost many others. I get it. All of us uh, have lost somebody that we know and we're trying to figure this out, trying to uh, sense what's going on. Uh, and so I've got all kinds of doubts, all kinds of questions. The faith is worth fighting for because as we fight, we affirm and strengthen, listen, our own faith. Doubt contains, listen, doubt contains holes and unanswered questions that remain in a person's mind. There's one, one time in the scripture, um, one of the gentlemen uh, that's in, in the text, in the, in the story, said, Lord, I believe, y'all know it, help my unbelief. In other words, I really believe, but I need to fill in some gaps. I don't know about y'all, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. But there's some gaps in some of this stuff I need God to help me with. And as I've, so, uh, I've told you many times, don't let what you don't understand obscure what you do understand. I may not be able to exegete everything perfectly. I may not be able to explain the seven seals. and I may not know what's going to happen, whether it's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Here's what I do know. I'm going to be ready whenever he comes. Here's what I do know, that Jesus is Lord and he's worthy of praise. I, I believe the word when he says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when he said, come in here. I, I, I believe in the part that says, let everything that had breath praise the Lord. If I'm breathing, I ought to be praising. Come on here. I believe that. <laughs> so here it is now. Doubt contains holes and unanswered questions that remain in a person's mind. Here it is. But our assignment, everybody say our assignment. Our assignment is to prove the legitimacy of our faith. We can't take on the responsibility of persuasion without the intervention of the Holy Spirit. That's what set me free. You know, people can know the truth and reject the truth. I, I, I believe, thank you, Holy Ghost, I believe Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. Do you know more people rejected him than received him? And he was the truth. He was the proof of the Father's love for mankind. John 6, says this, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. In other words, listen, persuasion is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to prove in whom we believe. That's why, here's a parenthetical pause, sorry about that. That's why we ought to live right. 
That's why we ought to live holy. That's why we ought to walk according to the word. That's why we ought to obey God when he says whatever he says. When those that are in the world see us, every time they see Keith O'Neill, it ought to prove there is a God. Some of y'all don't even know, didn't know me pre-Christ. For those of you who did, y'all ought to know there's a God. <laughs> when you look at yourself in the mirror, if you're honest with yourself, you know that there is a God. Uh, oh, I'm telling you, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would be nutsy bobo. Come on here. We would be doing some crazy kind of stuff. But God saw fit to save us and pick us up, turn us around, put his spirit in us and allow us to be sober. Some of y'all think y'all just came to a logical conclusion. Yes, I changed my life. But God gave you the ability to do it. Come on here. That's why it's dangerous. Listen, it's dangerous to hear the beckoning. I need you to hear me right now. It's dangerous to hear the beckoning of God calling upon your spirit and your soul, drawing you to Jesus. He's putting conviction, that thing that you feel down on the inside where you are recognizing that you're walking in a way that God is not pleased and God is drawing you to himself. It is dangerous to get to that place and say, no, Lord, I don't, it's not time. Oh, I want to wait till tomorrow. I want to live my life and then when I'm old, I'll give my life to you. The devil is a lie. You don't know that tomorrow is promised to you. Listen, you can leave here this afternoon. You got to hear his voice. The Bible says, don't harden your heart. Because unbelief is a decision. Persuasion would be equivalent, the equivalent of proving a point. Listen, so the proven, the one who has gotten the proof, chooses to embrace the truth rather than rejecting it. We are not responsible for the choice. We're responsible for the proof. That means when you're frustrated, <laughs> help me Jesus, when you're talking to Comcast <laughs> on the phone, Y'all gonna pray about me and Comcast, ain't you? <laughs> All y'all have your own Comcast. Come on. It matters how you treat them. It matters even if you know where, don't know where they're calling from. Every now and then I'll ask them, where are you located? <laughs> Not that I'm gonna come down there, but I'm just like... Where are you calling from? <laughs> Listen now. How we treat people is the deal. Because it, it, it gives an example or it proves that there is a God. When you love instead of hate, that proves there's a God. When you love in the face of evil, that proves that there is a God. We're not responsible for the choice. We're responsible for the proof. Listen, Pharaoh, I need you to hear me now. Pharaoh was convinced that God was God. Listen to me. But refused to serve, submit to, or obey him. That's right. That's right. Oh, this is deep. This stuff set me free this week, I'm telling you. It set me free. After the plague of the thunder and the hail, Pharaoh confessed the true God. You, you, remember, you remember back in the story, some of you Bible students, you, you remember what happened. You know, God told Moses to go to Pharaoh, who was 
um, quote, quote unquote, the king, really, uh, of Egypt at that time. And he said, let my people go. The, the Israelites were slaves during that period of time. He sent Moses to him and says, tell him, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, no, I'm not going to do it. And so God sent all kinds of plagues. After the one with the hail and the thunder, here's what happened. In, uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 27. Then Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron. This time I have sinned. This is his own testimony. I have sinned. He confessed, the Lord is the righteous one and my people and I are wrong. Are y'all tracking with me? This is Pharaoh saying this. Please beg the Lord to end this terrifying thunder and hail. We've had enough. I will let you go. You don't need to stay any longer. Pharaoh says, listen, I've had enough. You are God. You are righteous. I recognize that you are the true God. But his confession wasn't genuine. It wasn't heartfelt. <laughs> Verse 33. So Moses left Pharaoh's court and went out of the city. When he lifted his hands to the Lord, the thunder and hail stopped and the downpour ceased. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain, hail and thunder had stopped, he and his officials sinned again. And Pharaoh again became Stubborn, you need to remember that word, because his heart was hard. Pharaoh refused to let the people leave just as the Lord had predicted through Moses. In other words, I recognize the truth. It's obvious that you are God, but I still ain't letting them go. Pharaoh had proof, but he refused to be persuaded. Are y'all tracking? Woo, this is setting me free. That means when we give people truth, when we preach the gospel, when we live as living epistles, listen, we're not responsible for the response. We're responsible for the proof. Romans 8, I mean, Romans 1, starting at verse 18. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. How y'all track it? People know there is a God. They just don't want to serve him. And there are some in this room right now. Some that are watching me online. You know God is calling you. You know he's drawing you. You know he sent that brother, that sister, that family man, that, that person in your job. You have seen the results of God coming upon a person's life. And God has pointed it out to you. Undeniable proof that Jesus is Lord. But you refuse to be persuaded. This is why, listen, this is why we're having a solemn assembly. This is why it's so important when we call a prayer meeting. That is so important because intercession is what people need. They need intercession to, listen, to break down that stubborn will. To break down that mind-binding and mind-blinding spirit that people take on. I know God is God, but I refuse to serve him. That's a spirit. That's a decision. Can't talk about nothing about doubt. You know what you're talking about. Don't talk about truth. No, you know the truth. You just refuse. And I'm just saying it's a dangerous place to be. But as the saints of God, we've got to begin to intercede for people. That their stubborn will will be broken down. 
that whatever is binding their mind will be eradicated. I'm telling you, it's worth fighting for. How much is a soul worth? Not some obscure person that you just know. I'm talking about how about your mama and your daddy? How about your siblings? Are they worth a little time in the face of God? Can't say I don't know God. Can't say I don't believe in God. God has made it obvious. So what's going on? How come people don't want to serve God? It's stubbornness and rebellion and pride. Ooh, I, I know I'm in that book. The, a third of the angels knew God was God. Come on here. They knew God was God, and they let Lucifer talk them right out of heaven. They knew the truth, and they just decide we're going to go with this guy. And their eternity is set. They're going to the lake of fire. What am I saying? I'm saying we have a responsibility to live a life in front of people where we prove the existence. We have proved that the Holy Ghost is real. Yeah, and we got people all over the world that they're, they're saying and talking in tongues is, is not of God or whatever. Okay, well, whatever. It's in the Bible. Just because you don't understand everything about it or you haven't been taught about it doesn't mean it's not true. So we are the proof of what God has done. Come on here. That's why the Bible describes us as living epistles, living letters read among men. That's why I try my best. Now, I'm not perfect at this. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, there are times that I, I have to repent. But most of the time, I'm really conscious of how I treat people in public places and, and other places. I, I'm trying to be the man of God I'm supposed to be. And it's not easy. Because y'all get on my, I mean, yeah, anyway. People can get on your nerves now. And, and, and when you have the personality like mine, Things that don't make sense and line up, it just, just jacks me. And so I have to really pray. See, when I'm looking at you, I'm still praying. I don't have to close my eyes and bow my head, all that kind of stuff. That's all good when you have to. But I can look right at you and, and be praying in the Holy Ghost. Because some folks will push your button. Maybe I'm the only one. I'm the only one who had that happen. I mean, I mean, I'm praying all the time. And sometimes, you know, sometimes my state gets messed up. It's one thing for it to be messed up at Texas Row House. You know, Reva and I, usually we can eat for about 23 bucks plus our tip. You know, if, if they mess your steak up, you know, they usually try to make it right or whatever it is. But it's another thing if you're at Ruth's Chris and you pay it $100. Now, maybe y'all don't know nothing about that. I'm telling you, it's a whole nother level now. I'm, I'm not rolling like that where I can go there every week. That's a one time a year kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's experience. <laughs> I might sit there and just look around for a while after I'm done. <laughs> no, no, no. Each situation is different. And so we have to remember. We have to be reminded because the devil will try to make us forget. Hey, you know you saved, right? You know you're representing, right? You know that you're, uh, that you're supposed to be re representing Christ. You're an ambassador for Christ, right? When you go to that drive-thru, you got you to gotta act like you got some sense. That's taught me lessons, I'm telling you. In between that, that speaker, when I make my order and get up to the front, I am hot. And I've had it happen. And I get up to the window. And I'm, I'm ready to let them have it. And they say, hey, Bishop O'Neill, how you doing? And I say, you know what? It just goes away, right? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's like, Lord Jesus, help us. 
God know how to get you like that. So we have to intercede. I'm almost done. We pray and intercede so people, listen, will receive the truth that has been proven. The souls of men and women are worth fighting for. We even have to fight for our own faith. Almost. Matthew 13 says this, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for, the belie- for believing God's word. Oh, I'm so glad the Lord saved me. Oh, I'm so glad the Lord saved me. Oh, if it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? Oh, I'm so glad the Lord saved me. But you know, somebody offended me, so I'm leaving Jesus. You won't let me leave that song? I'm out of here. I feel led to go down the street. Really? I'm all up in your Kool-Aid right here. This is Jesus. He says, as soon as they got problems, or they're persecuted because of believing God's word. Verse 22, the seed that fell among thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. I'm just going to go on record. Certain aspects of the quote-unquote prosperity gospel came from hell. It is not Bible. It's just not. Yeah, God wants us to prosper and do well. He's a loving father. But some of these principles that we've made up didn't come from God. I don't have time to even deal with that. Y'all bless him. Amen. Jude chapter 1 verse 3. Only, only one chapter. Uh, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once, which was once for all delivered to the saints. 2 Timothy 4, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming. We're in that time right now. When people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myth. It doesn't say that they don't know the truth. It said they will reject it. And I'm saying, (laughs) I ain't the one. I ain't going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm, I, I got somebody that's a boss over me. I got to stand before God. I got to tell him what he's telling. I got to tell you what he's telling me to tell you. What he says is right, I'm going to say that. What he says is wrong, I'm going to say that too. I don't care what this world system says. I don't care what all these political operatives are saying. Listen, to the lake of fire with those folks, you better learn how to serve God and do what God is telling you to do. I'm telling you, I don't care what happens, I'm staying with Jesus. Now, I haven't had too much of a problem with any of this stuff here, too much, uh, you know. But I, I, know, I have colleagues that have members that are big tithers that have come to them and said, you know, Pastor, all oh, false humility, you know, that what you, what you preach, I, don't, I didn't really like that. 
you know what I want to say? Go tell your mama. <laughs> I, I don't care what you don't like. And I'm just saying, I haven't had much of a problem that here, but listen, Mr. and Mrs. Big Bucks, you're not going dict to dictate to me when I'm preaching. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Because the word is the word. Oh, the word is the word. And the truth that you know is what makes you free. You can't get free by this, this, this little milk toast and cookie, milk and cookies gospel. That ain't going to set nobody free. And sometimes we need to hear you're wrong. Sit down. And I can say it with a smile on my face. You're wrong. Sit down. You know, the apostle Paul is teaching his son in the gospel, Timothy. He's warning him. There are going to be times when they're going to try to persuade you. Tell them what they want to hear. Tell them Jesus wants everybody rich. Lie. Tell them that if you serve Jesus, you'll never have any problems. Lie. Tell them if you sow a thousand dollars, God's going to open up the windows of heaven. Lie. The principles of God work. I get it. But sometimes, God has ordained for certain things to come in our life. And certainly, certain seasons of our lives. If I hadn't gone through a famine season, y'all wouldn't be looking at me right now. Wasn't something I prayed for. <laughs> I was confessing all kind of prosperity during that day. And it was running from me like the plague. <laughs> it's a season. Come on now. We've got to rightly divide. Come on, music team. Come and help me. 2 Timothy 2.15. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of, the word of truth. I've got to tell you the truth. You've got to receive the truth. You've got to want the truth. Listen now. For most people, true Christianity is not a default belief system anymore. People that we encounter in our daily walk, in our journey, Christianity is just this thing, this religious orientation in America. True Christianity is eluding us. And God has given me the assignment for 2022 and maybe beyond, I don't know, to teach us how to defend the faith. To teach us to love You know, we got to love God whether or not we're in tribulation or not. We got to serve God whether or not he gives us what we think we deserve or not. But I just want you to know it's worth fighting for. Because after all this is over, there's eternity to live out. I'm telling you, I... I, I <laughs> This is not an arrogant statement. I, I don't think it is. I don't think this is prideful. But I really, I really do the best that I can to serve God, to love him, to walk before him, all that. But even with all of that, and I'm responsible for, for my own walk with God, even with all of that, when I really sit down, and every now and then I, I feel like I need to, I sit down and really think about how long eternity is. I get scared. I ask God, God, don't let me miss it. Don't, don't, don't let me, oh, don't let me be deceived. Don't, don't let me be doing uh, what you don't want me to do. Don't, uh, don't let me get to the end and hear you say, depart from, oh, no, 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 no. 
Because eternity is a long time. And there are those of you in this room, there are those of you who are watching me. You know, Paul, Paul said it in, in Romans 1. He, he said it. He said, those that suppress the truth. I went to the doctor this week. And no, nothing wrong, just, just to get a physical. Hadn't been three years, which is bad. <laughs> but I, you know, when he they took blood work, I haven't got all that back or whatever. But we were just having a conversation. They, they didn't seem to be very busy because the doctors that stood there and talked a long time. And I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was all good. Um, but he was asking me different kinds of questions. And you all know about my battle with my hips and all of that when I've been talking about this inflammation. And it hadn't been built a couple of months ago. I was telling you that I was taking the medicine wrong. And so um, I started taking it on a regular basis. And, you know, it, it's kind of fixed itself, you know, with the help of the medicine. All right. And so when I'm in there with the doctor, one of the reasons why I went when I went is because... The people at the pharmacy said, I don't have any more refills. And so I thought, okay, I'll go. And they said, well, your doctor says you have to come in. You know how they do that, right? <laughs> sorry, all of our doctors in here. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, you know. So he said, you got to come in. So I, I, that was the reason for the visit. And I said, well, while I'm there, I might as well get a physical. And they, they made room in the schedule. And so long story short, um, he said something about, it's called diclofenac is, is the name of the, it's like an anti-inflammatory, but there's a certain, I forget what they're, what they're called. Anyway, bottom line is, he began to talk to me about the long-term effect of taking this medicine. And he said, this particular medicine passes through your kidneys. And said, if you take it long-term, it can have a negative effect on your kidneys. I said, the devil is a lie. If y'all if y'all see me do <laughs> I'd rather be I better be limping than have to go on dialysis or something else like that. You know what I'm saying? And it's not that I don't believe God. Come on, all y'all deep folks. Yeah, I believe God. But you know what? I said, in the name of Jesus, I won't be taking that stuff no more. So he said, it's, it's, not, it's not a big deal. Every now and then, if you really need it, you can take one. It's not going to affect you like that. But it's, it's the long term. <laughs> That's revelation. So he's the doctor. He's got proof. He's got education. So I was persuaded to change my response. John 3, 19. I'm finished. And this, everybody say this. And this is the condemnation. Ooh, glory to Jesus. That light has come into the world. This is Jesus. And men loved darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. He was talking about himself. Light has shown up. But men and women, mankind, loved darkness rather than light. Why is that? Why would, they, why would they love darkness? Why wouldn't everybody, why doesn't everybody serve Jesus? Why isn't, why isn't our church packed? Why don't we have 10,000 people online watching our broadcast? It's because men love darkness rather than light. Because our deeds are evil. We, we want, we like what we're doing.
Instead of suppressing and binding up and crucifying our flesh, we love fornication. We love to lie and exaggerate. We love to, to get on the phone. Man, did you know? Gossip. Backbiting. We love it because our deeds are evil. Listen, light is here. Unbelief is a choice. So I'm telling you, listen, choose life. Choose truth. Truth is available, so choose truth. Our faith is worth fighting for. And eternity is at stake. When all of this stuff is over with, faith is choosing. You've got to choose to believe. Stand on your feet. I know I'm over time. Sorry. Just thinking about the words to this song is extremely prophetic, and I, I'm, I'm going to allow you to make your own decision for Christ today. I believe God is drawing you. I believe he's speaking to you right now. Those of you who are in this room who, are, who have been on the fence, I don't know about this Christianity stuff. We, they got all these false religions and all these false little, in, in, little nuances to the Christian faith that are out here. Now, I am saying, you, listen, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul said, listen, you better check yourself. Judge yourself to make sure you're in the faith. Make your calling and election sure, which it means make sure what you believe. Don't entertain a lot of this foolishness. Y'all excuse me, but I'm talking to a lot of our African-American people right now. Listen, don't let these black Israelite folks talk to you too long about this mess. It's, it's, it's a heresy and it'll take you to hell. It's foolishness. What if I am a black Israelite? What if I am an Israelite? They that worship God must worship him in what? Spirit and truth. He, he has no regard for our flesh. Foolishness. I'm glad I'm black. Because God made me that way. If I was white, I'd be glad I was white too. Hispanic. Asian. Whatever God made me. I know I'm going to be fearfully and wonderfully made. This stuff is foolishness. We suppress the truth. So I want to pray for us. Our faith is worth fighting for. It's, it's worth spending some time in the presence of God. It's worth participating in the fast rather than just reject it and say, ah. And this song is a wonderful thing. Those of us who are living now, we ought, to, we ought to really, really be able to thank God because he's made a way. So if you're here and you have never made Jesus Lord, listen, you don't have to roll on the floor. You don't have to make a spectacle. None of that if you don't choose to. That's up to you. But I am telling you, it is time for us to flat-footed Receive the truth of God's word and make a decision for Christ. No man can come unto uh, Jesus except the Father draw. I believe in my faith that God is drawing you to Jesus right now. And when you hear his voice, it may not be audible, but in your spirit. The Bible says, don't harden your heart. Pharaoh had to learn that lesson. I won't let him go. My heart is hard. I won't let him go. My heart is hard. I won't let him go. My heart is hard. Then God said, I'm going to harden his heart. 
In other words, your statute of limitations is over. Contrary to popular uh, opinion, we can't just come to God whenever we feel like it. God has to draw us, so yield to him today. Just say yes to Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Blot out all my, my transgressions. Forgive me of doing my own thing. I make you Lord of my life. And, and I choose to serve you. I choose to get baptized as you have commanded us to do. I receive the power of the Holy Ghost so that I can live this life as you have designed. That's all you got to do. Make a decision. Come on, sing it. Come on, think about it. That's all, all of our testimony. You made a way. Here it is now. And we're standing here. And we're standing only. Only because you made. Come on, you. you Come on, everybody singing. You're not singing it to us. Come on. When our backs. When our backs were against the wall. It looked as if it was over. It as if it was over. You made a way. Yes. We're standing here. And we're standing here. Only because you made away. Let's go to section two. I believe this. Come on, let's receive. You move mountains. You move mountains. You know it, you know it. You, you cause the walls to come on with your, power. with your power. I still believe in them. Impossible. That's impossible. We're standing. And we're standing here. Only. Only because you And we're standing. And we're standing here. Only because. Only because you And we're standing. And we're standing here. Only because you made. You. Come on. are open. If you want prayer, please come. 
if you want to just tell somebody that you prayed the prayer to enter the kingdom of God, come and tell somebody on this altar. We're overcome by the words of our testimony. You need to tell somebody. We can walk this thing out. Our faith is worth fighting for. So let's believe God. Father, thank you so much for this day that you've made. We thank you for those that have entered into the kingdom of God today. We thank you for our new family members in Jesus' name. And God, we make this vow that walking with you, serving you, being submitted to you is worth fighting for. So help us to get revelation and insight into your word that we know how to to give a defense for what we believe. The reason why we sacrifice. The reason why we bless and not curse. So we give you praise. We thank you for our friends. As we leave this place with not your presence, bring us back at the appointed time. We thank you that you've already declared over us that we're blessed coming in, blessed going out. Everything in our financial arena is blessed. We thank you, Father, that our health springs forth speedily. Our children are blessed to a thousand generations. And so, God, as we leave this physical place, as we leave this broadcast online, help us to walk according to your word. We give you praise and we receive now. We don't know how, but you did it. We don't know why, but we're grateful. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.